So Charlie, I was at your studio. I actually rented Charlie's studio a few weeks ago, and I saw these six books on. I think you have six books, right? Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I've made six six different books. Yeah, yeah, and I saw six books on the shelves, and the one I was really I saw that I looked through a little bit was uh, on pause. Three months that changed New York, and. They were just really amazing, stark pictures of the first few weeks, I guess, or the first few months of COVID in New York. And the pictures are amazing because they're just empty New York, New York as if nobody ever lived there or it had been deserted. But was sort of the way we see sci-fi movies in the of the future. Um, what was that? What was it like doing that, Charlie? It's about uh, whoa there. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> uh, on three months that changed New York. Um, yeah, so it was uh, it was a weird time uh, for me and I guess for everyone, uh, mostly because we really didn't know what was going on. Uh, it's uh, the back then I didn't uh, obviously didn't know that this was going to end up being a book at 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 one point, but. Um, we had just gotten uh, a little dog right before the pandemic, so she's not a COVID dog. But um, <laughs> we we uh, we take her to to Central Park every morning, and on March twenty second, yeah, March twenty second of twenty twenty, uh, when uh, the city was officially shut down, um, I I went to the park and. All of a sudden, it was just like you didn't have to stop for for the red light. It was just, all the cars were gone, and I started taking some photos with my with my with my phone and sharing and and realized that this this is a surreal time that we're in, and and if the, these these photos that I posted in social media started getting some some tractions, and I decided to actually. Uh, for 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 some reason, go out and start documenting it. And my point is, and the answer to your question was, it was it was very exciting to get out and capture this to stand in the middle of of Forty Second and Fifth Avenue for fifteen minutes <laughs> without 10, any cars for ten yeah ten thirty on a Saturday morning. Completely uh, undistracted and just line up the photo, making sure that all the architectural lines were perfect. Uh, but I was also very scared because, like I said, we didn't know really that much about uh, the uh, the virus back then. And I remember I was I was on a city bike, biking around uh, to capture some of these photos. And I brought with me like spray and and I, and I sprayed down the bike uh, before I got on it. And you know I was terrified of of like I don't want to get COVID and I don't want to die. Uh, so it was it was a surreal experience as a photographer. It was amazing to capture these these unbelievable photos. But I was also I was I was I was afraid for my life a little bit actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a very scary time, and um, it's interesting. And also, as a, as a creative in New York, I felt as though, um, for exactly that same reason that you were that you you described about being able to stand in the middle of Forty Second Street and Fifth Avenue, it's it's the you know the amount of silence that there was in the city was also very. It was very invigorating to me personally, as opposed to all the noise that I have to normally deal with that's returned, um, in addition to trying to be or being creative, you know, Ex and being inspired. Except for the sirens. Except well, <laughs> what I give you credit for as a creative is that so many people just stopped what they were doing and you kept moving on with it. You know, you decided you're going to turn this into a creative era for yourself, you know, creative period for yourself. Well, I mean, as as for I'm sure a lot of other uh, photographers and creatives, freelancers, um, work was 
definitely put on a hold for me. Um, I was, um, I was trying, uh, and I, I know I re- recorded, I spent, uh, spent an hour trying to record Insta stories, uh, where I explained to clients that, oh, you know, we can still do shoots remotely. We'll do it through Zoom and I'll send, uh, you know, I'll send files, you send products, we can make it work. And no one understood at that point that, you know, we can still make productions like right. we used to. Right. Uh, up to three years later, that's how most of my studio productions are happening. And no one wants to travel to the studio because they can sit in their underwear and, and watch the production <laughs> from, from the living room. But, um, you know, uh, so... I I really didn't have anything else to do, so I figured um, let's just go out and uh, and shoot the city and uh, and I'm incredibly grateful that I did. Uh, if I had not, I would probably regret this for the rest of my life. Uh, well, you caught a great regret. Piece of regret what? Not taking advantage of the the, of yeah. the in the quiet, right? Yeah. I don't think that uh, New York and the people that live here um, would have the patience to, to to get into another lockdown like this again. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see it the way we've seen it. We saw it the spring of 2020. Uh, there may be other things that are happening, but I think... I think this experience, uh, in many ways, like nine eleven, taught this city uh, a lot of 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 things that uh, changed the behavior of of how we how we manage. Um, and um, yeah, so I um, I wish that I would have been um, so. Um, I know, future looking and, and like thinking, oh, this will probably make a good book one day. I should capture every street, every little thing. I didn't. I just shot things that I stumble upon and a few of the typical things. Uh, but what, co- yeah. what comes across in the book when you look at it is the cohesiveness and the starkness of it. You know, the pictures really fit together well as a book which is what Thank I really, you. really liked about it. I mean, it's interesting. I also started a COVID project. I did 95 portraits, you know, around the, but not New York centric. Well, remote, remote portraits, Ed. Remote, po- yeah, we, we did 95 remote portraits in 95 re- remote. We haven't, we knew it was a timepiece and that people were not going to be interested, you know, in hearing about COVID right away. So our idea is to actually get it into a museum for our, you know, yeah. for our project and, you know, we're, we're pushing on and, uh, and we have 95 interviews. So we're putting the interviews together. We're, we think in about a year that people, you know, the museum, museums will start getting interested in it because now it's like four years away, but it's so funny that everybody has a different inspiration for it. My, the reason I started doing my COVID project was my nephew had a baby on March 13th. And March fifteenth, he had gotten COVID, and he couldn't. He couldn't. Uh, he couldn't hold the baby for twenty one days. And wow. I said, "Oh, I said, let me take a." I said, "Daniel, let me take a picture of you in the little corner of your house that he was stuck in." And uh, we did like a little self portrait. I said, "Oh, I think there's you know an idea in here." I mean, for me, it was a little more like, "Yes, we're going to make this into a book," <laughs> you know, like right away. Right, so, right, right. The we, uh, yeah, go on. Now, I mean, we uh, as you know, we have some we have some interviews in our book too uh, with uh, people that were affected yeah. by the pandemic, and and um, when we started uh, the product of the book, um, we me and the, the journalist that I wor- work with to create this book. Uh, we immediately came to to the conclusion that this book cannot happen unless we talk about the people that we're not seeing in these photos. Um, 
Because there are, you know, in in full transparency, we're not the only one that made a book about uh, empty streets of New York City. There are three or four books that I that I know of, uh, and some really beautiful ones. Where we kind of all shot the same thing, um, more or less, oh, a few different angles. But you know, we have Brooklyn Bridge in there. There's, uh, you know, some stations and and, and things. But um, I think what made the book for me as the interviews with with the people that were struggling in different ways throughout the pandemic and i'm still tearing up when i read uh the stories of the uh, the er doctor at uh elmhurst hospital in uh, in in queens, queens yeah. which was which was the uh the epicenter of the uh the pandemic the first month and when you know she's she she told us that you know she doesn't know how many times she held the phone uh to people facetiming saying goodbye to her loved ones before they died and it's how do you how do you mentally manage that i think that's so um so i think it's it's just it's a beautiful architectural photos of an empty city is is great and i'm happy that i captured that but i also think that it's important to tell the story about this city and how it impacted us um so yeah i'm i'm very proud of what we did and and i think i think over time uh and that's also what we've heard from people that um I mean, some people, I mean, we had an amazing start of this. I, I, you know, I can go on and talk about this for hours, but uh, we did a Kickstarter with this to finance the project and, and brought in $50,000 in, in 30 days uh, to, to finance. Yeah. Uh, but we also had a lot of people said, I cannot deal with anything like this until I'm over the pandemic mentally. I've lost someone. I've been sick. I will buy your book in three years when I'm when I'm ready to. That, that's what we to, came to revisit. With, that's what we came across with agents. In other words, in other words, the trauma is too the the trauma is too yeah. close. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that that's makes what, a lot of sense. Yeah, that's what we came across with. Like, come to us. You have a timepiece period. You know, timepiece, and your time will come for when this is interesting. And we we also had a doctor who said to us like yeah you could bring a tear to your eye who just said hey i you know they don't teach in medical school who gets a respirator and who doesn't you know it's a 35 year old doctor but anyway i want to introduce charlie today i think i got this pronunciation right and um he is a photographer and um he's done five books um, a lot of it is based around food, I think, and places. And it's a, and, it's a mix. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I rented a studio, which is a beautiful space. And it seems like you do a lot of cooking there. But I do. I do. I, I love to cook. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a food uh, product, and I guess somewhat turning into a little bit of a documentary photographer um but I, I i love food and i cook a lot and i have a i have a photo studio with a very very nice kitchen and that studio happens to be in the same building as our apartment so it's very convenient to just go down the stairs and and cook uh for friends or just for us and then no. so which was also very helpful during the pandemic to have yeah. um have, have this space uh five seconds from from home yeah i think having i think having space i think um speaking about that i think having space during the pandemic is was is is and was very important you know and i could i definitely feel for those people who you know were living in cramped quarters but um at least it, it, you know to to some degree at least it happened during the spring at the inception here in new york and that we were rolling into fairly good weather where we could socially distance um outdoors um yeah so I, I i read i'm interested in this your 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 change and i think one of the things that we'd like to um encourage our audience the one that we're building 
um, through these these conversations and uh, that you you know your creativity you know your creativity as a brand um a, a brand a person in advertising um then then decided after what i understand is 12 years of being in in in, in right in 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 um in advertising you said i want to do photography like what what was were you looking were you looking at the photography that was being presented to you as an advertiser and going I can do better or I want to participate in this game or what, what was the, what was the, the trigger? So, um, thank you for asking. Uh, I, I love to share this story because it's so wacky. Um, I, uh, uh, I, I grew up in an advertising family, my dad and even my mom was in advertising. And I think that's why I turned into advertising when I graduated and, uh, um, and I was working for a big global agency, Ogilvy, for for 10, 12 years. Um, and um, and first, and I was pretty young when I started. Uh, and the first couple of years was very exciting. And then for a good five, six years, I just hated what I was doing, but I didn't know what I wanted to do instead. Uh, I loved my colleagues. I had fun at work. I just hated what to do, what I was actually paid to do. Um, but I, I didn't want to go somewhere else because I didn't know that what that would be. And then hundred percent true story. I woke up one morning with an epiphany that I was going to be a photographer. I had never held a camera in my life before. Um, I, uh, I had been on shoots, but never really been, excited about the actual shoots um because i was on the account side in the advertising industry i didn't work creatively at all i wasn't working with actually developing ideas uh which is probably which is probably why i hated my job so much uh because it was there was no creativity involved um this was back in the days when i lived in in sweden uh and uh, working at this international agency in Scandinavia put me in a role where I mostly manage big international clients for the, for the Northern Europe region. Uh, so no creativity involved at all. And I think that's what finally broke me down and said, I can't do this anymore. And thank God I had this epiphany and found out that this is what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, um, two weeks later, I got a camera and I literally was looking at it. Where, where do I look to take a photo? Uh, I had no idea how it worked. I took an yeah. evening class, got hooked, quit my job, went to photography school uh, for a year back in Sweden. And then I started freelancing as an assistant. Then I was doing some some smaller jobs. Uh, I did get a few jobs from my old old colleagues in the in the industry. Um, oh, and, and then, a pretty good client. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and, but that is also interesting because I have almost never worked with any of my old colleagues. Oh. I've got gotten work from my colleagues' colleagues. But the people that you think you could rely on that I had worked alongside for years, and I'm talking creatives, art directors and creative directors that that I would call up and say, hey, John, uh, you know, I'm I'm shooting now. Uh, I would love to work with you at some capacity if if anything ever turns up. And they're like, yeah, sure, sure. We'll we'll keep you in mind. You You know why that is, though, Charlie, is because people see once you're in a spot and they see you in that spot, they never could get you out of it. You know? I know. I know. I even my old clients, you know, like as I grew, they were like, oh, you're no, I don't think so. And but that's I, actually I, a good thing. It gets you to go outside of your zone and look for things that are real, you know. But I I, I understand this, but I still I don't because I can show them what I do and right. they can they can like do you like it or do you not like it? It's fine if you don't, but if you like it, can we work together? But what they did was they're like, yeah, you know, we'll keep you in mind. 
but let me introduce you to to Pete and 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 you two can probably and then I would work with and then it's like okay so there's been a few occasions over the years where I worked with with colleagues but most of the times it's been referrals from old colleagues to work but anyway so yeah I uh, I was in Sweden for a couple of years working and then um, I uh, I like most photographers want to be in New York at some point just trying that out so I moved over here. Uh, which sounds a lot easier than it actually was. Uh, and and uh, after about a year and a half here, I met, well, met my wife and and when we got married. And and now I've been here for what thirteen plus years, whatever. Uh, had you had you had you had you lived in New York prior to, um, or you spent some time uh, here? Uh, my my sister is in the UN world, and she's done a couple of of. Uh, corporate tours in New York, like placed here a few times. So sure. I've been visiting a lot. Um, I had been here uh, for for work, staying for a couple of weeks. So uh, I, I, I spent time in New York, but it's very different to come here and, and you know, stay with a friend or stay in a hotel for a couple of weeks and move here, you know, setting up a new business, uh, finding out that building, coming here as a freelancer, and building your business without uh, a network of of connections. The first six months, I I was offering free shoots, and people were like, "No, we were not <laughs> interested." Uh, it, I found out that like unless you have a referral, you're not getting anywhere. Like you need person A to tell. Person, you that yeah. person be uh you know it's 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 the only way and that takes time to to build yeah well i got i collected yeah. a question for each of you actually and what, one thing i have to say you the smartest thing that i ever did was i left my photography business for a year to go assist for other photographers because you just learn what they and i you know i i went after really big photographers like annie leibowitz and bill ray and and I got no, 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 no. But I called Bill Ray one day and he said, yes, if you could make it in an hour, you have a job for today. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Never- and wow. he, well, he was desperate. And and then when Bill, once I got in Bill's door, then I started saying, oh, I, the first thing I would get on the phone and say, I worked for Bill Ray. And he said, maybe I could call you. And then I started getting in all, all the doors. But yeah. it took four months of that. And you know, like, like I was not making any money because I'd left doing photography. I said, I'm not going to do photography. You know, I did a few little jobs here and there. It wasn't like I was doing great. I was struggling. I was 25 years old and struggling. And I said, let me just see how these people do it. And my question for you, Layden, is when was your epiphany? Did you, I, I heard Charlie talk about that epiphany. And I know you, when was your epiphany? I think that more of the epiphany was, I mean, it's a, you know, it's interesting. It's like more practical. I knew I grew up in an artist, um, uh, the son of an artist, you know, my father is a, is a painter and, um, and, and an antique refinisher. I mean, he did, he did everything with, you know, that's related, you know, art related. And so, um, I was in school in high school, high school of art and design, which is pretty well known here in, in the city. And, uh, I was working for an interior designer and then I decided, oh, how am I going to take this fashion illustration that I'm studying in, in high school and apply it to anything, you know? And at that time, it was really clear that, you know, I don't know why I just thought just practically in my mind, like, yeah, I'm not going to make a make a life out of fashion illustration. And uh, yeah, and so interiors seemed uh, pretty clear. What was an epiphany for me is that I studied interior, I was studying interior design and I was in a two-year program at Parsons and the epiphany came to me is that I wanted something more deep, deep, deeper and more theoretical and I needed to study architecture. That was the big epiphany for me. And although I primarily am an interior designer, I really approach it as an as a, someone who's interested in the architecture as well as the... And between Layden and I... Layton is very classically trained. And sometimes we bump up against each other because I had no training in what I do. <laughs> you know, I just sort of made it up. And and it's a, you know, it's architecturally based. But autodidact. 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 But yeah, I just want to get back to like your pictures of uh, of New York City were like a bit of a portrait of New York. You know, they did you see Miss Portraiture at all? 
Good. Uh, did, sorry, did I? Did, did you see? Like, I know Layden for sure will look at your photographs and see them as portraiture. Oh, I see. I see them as portraits of the of of oh. even the space of of a space, whether it's an interior. You know, there are people that have like you know, like they're they're describing in, in photography. Uh, the elements that are in the space, but then some people are actually trying to take a portrait of 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 the character and the nature of that space. And I, that's what that's what I that's what I shared with Ed. That I thought I, I thought that you were taking portraits. I can see that. Um, I think um, I think uh, I probably approach it the same way, not just being that conscious about it uh but you know one now that you bring it up i remember especially some of the objects that i was documenting was definitely you know framed out of a portrait like document like taking a portrait of of the space more so than just taking yeah i can see that absolutely yeah, more um, than just documenting this space. yes exactly yeah, no exactly. i mean the i i definitely would say that this yes. is more of a that is a portrait. <laughs> portrait. That is a portrait. <laughs> uh, that is a portrait. And, and not only that, a, a a minimalist portrait, or you know, yes, uh, you know, you know, sort of the uh, uh, you know, really good architectural portrait. Also, you could you could put it in different lanes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that's that's my that's been my struggle since I think I discovered photography because there are different genres that I, that I'm really attracted to. And I, you know, I've, I've been told since, since I started out that, Oh, you need to pick your lane and stay in that lane and you should only do this because clients like it and it'll be easier for you to market yourself. And, and, uh, and I can see that, but it's also like, I am, I decided to do this so late in life and I, the passion I feel for the craft, uh, it's not going to exclude me from doing areas that I really love shooting. Um, right, and exploring and exploring some techniques and 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 ways yeah. of and yeah. ways of visualizing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, I was reason. a lot, and and the reason you know, the reason why it's interesting to to uh, to share my story about my my. Um, life switch if you will is i because i like to encourage people that are not happy with their work life situation to 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 to, to uh to make that change to to jump yeah i was 38 maybe wow how long when was I, that? that was like two weeks ago looks like you look like you're 38 <laughs> Thank he's, you. He, he switched uh, over. He's a folks. He's been a photographer for two weeks now. I, I have one of those. <laughs> I have one of those TikTok filters on. No, but uh, <laughs> no, it's it's. Uh, I think I think I've been doing. Um, I graduated photography school in in two thousand nine. So what, like um, fourteen years now. Um, and uh, um, my was yeah so people were like wait you're you're almost 40 like you should be peaking your career right now and now you just drop out and start over uh whoa but but it's just like i i <laughs> not not that i was suicidal but you know the, the the way you say i would have killed myself if i had to do what i was doing for the rest of my life because it was just I hated it. Uh, and uh, I mean, full transparency, it's really hard to be a freelancer in one of the most competitive uh, photography cities in the world to, to make sure that you make uh, business to pay for a studio and rent and all that all the time. But I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything at any time i i love it even though it's uh hell of a up and down i i, I yeah. think i think that is so inspiring honestly like you know the thing about it is is like either you're going to choose to take a risk and in that risk you'll 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 implode or explode or 
you'll just die at what you're doing, right? When I decided to be a photographer, I was in, I was I was filling out applications to be a psychologist in graduate school when I was 21 years old. And I called my mother and said, hey, I'm going to do this for two years. I promise I'll be back in school eventually, you know, or two years. And my mother's line for the rest of her life was, oh, like the time you were going back to graduate school. <laughs> and um, so I so I never went back to graduate school, but I did later in life go back to graduate school. I go, you know, once my mother passed away, I decided to get my get my degree. Well, you know, speaking to that point, let me ask you a question, Charlie. Do you do you feel like you had things lined up? Because it's one thing to like, it's almost like we speak about this creativity, Ed, as though um, you speak you you having a story about your mother. What what things did you have in place? Did you have a support? Did you did you have support from your family and your friends in order to, or were they like, what are you doing? What's happening? You know, you, you know, or and you just despite that or with that, how 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 did it work? Wow, you're really nailing the questions today. Uh it's interesting because um uh, back in I think 2007 August when when this epif epiphany came to me, um, you know I, I was obviously too too old to send my parents a wish list for birthday, but they were like, "Hey, your birthday is coming up. Is there something you want?" I'm like, yeah, I want I want dad's um, DSLR. It's like. Why? It's like, oh, I'm gonna be a photographer. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I was also the kind of kid that like, oh, I wanted to play soccer when I was ten, and then I played for two weeks, and they gave me all the equipment, and then I quit, and then, <laughs> then, then you abandoned it. So, so they were like, oh, okay, is this another like, you know, one of those like you give it up? Like, anyway, they gave me the camera, and they're like, um, all right, do a little bit. I took the evening class. They saw what I was doing, and like, hey, you may have some talent here they were very supportive but my mom passed away um a couple of weeks after i graduated from photography school uh in and and cancer uh and we were very very close so hmm. coming out of school and starting my my new life as a freelancer was very difficult because i had just experienced such a such a big loss uh right. So, year of, I remember that the fall of, of 2009 is probably the most difficult time in my life, getting over my mom's passing and start to understand, okay, now I need to, like, I don't have an employer that is going to take care of me. I need to, to start my career. I love what I'm doing. I just need to find a way to pay rent. Uh, Do it, yeah. And, 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 and you know, managed to to get the energy to get up in the morning and do it uh while i was just you know working through this this big loss so um i i i think i've i've had support uh but people have always been like like are you sure you want to do this like are you sure you want to move to new york uh I didn't have any friends in New York, really, when I moved over here. Uh, I mean, I, a few, but, you know, no one really close. So that was also a big experience coming in here. Everything from, you know, getting the visa to move here to get social security number to how do you, like, get an apartment and all that. It was just, uh, it was an incredible experience uh, that I, you know, looking back to just like, oh, that wasn't that difficult, but I know. Right, I, right, right, right. It was, was I remember it was a big struggle back then. And that's something we talk about a lot on the podcast is, you know, when you work for yourself, like who, where do you get that support from? You know, where do you get, it, I mean, it's great to have a, some inspiration that comes from inside, but then you have all the other stuff in life to do. Where do you guys get your 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 support and your inspiration from? Go ahead, Lane. Where do you get your support um, from? <laughs> yeah, it's a you know, um, 
quite well quite recently um within the last five years it's um i'm one of the founding members of the black artists and designers guild and i cannot i cannot tell you i feel like that was a real like when people talk about chapters in their lives and i kind of didn't ever understand i never really understood that but the community of being with like-minded individuals that are both creatively um uh uh, discussing their challenges and also all of the socioeconomic issues. And, you know, it was, it, it was basically like a big therapy session with artists. And so that I could stop thinking and believing, and this is something that I constantly have to reaffirm, I'm not alone. You know what I mean? This is a big, you know, I think creatively, there are all these ideas that happen in my head, but literally I have other people. So I would, I would say that there, my family, I love them. And then if they listen to this podcast ever, <laughs> if they ever decide to listen to anything, um, I would say that that's not one of the ways in which I get supported from my family. They love me, but I always have been because there, it just has to do with like, I'm one of the one artists I'm like one. Well, we, we yeah. and we talked about that a little before. When people see you as one way, like my brother will never listen to this. He sees me <laughs> in this box. When people see you in the box, they're in general, they're not gonna well, take they, you they out just of see the me box. as the little brother. They just see me as the little brother. Right. They're you not know, gonna, whatever. Yeah. And, and that's so, why it's great to get new experiences. You know, when I work with people, because I I do run, I work with young photographers and videographers and creatives in a small group, like a four people and see what, you know, where they could really, um, you know, we set it up as a project and really get them going. And and we've done great stuff in the, in the group so far. And but where, but for, prior to, I know, cause this is a, this is a late, a later iteration for you, Ed, where did you get the support? I think, you know, your, your, your Gary, you know, I think you have you have a lot of artist friends. Yeah, you have a lot of, of friends who are artists and who are practicing and successful artists. Yeah, but we all go through the same thing as Charlie just said. It's always a little, you know, up and down. You know, a little up and down. I mean, I've had a really, I've had a very steady career, and you know that I have one area that I, you know, I do fairly well, and um, so I like I've had like. You know, just like the really bad years, like everybody's bad year, 2009, COVID was like a disaster. And, uh, but so, yeah, I get support from, you know, I have a, I do a lot of talking with a lot of artists, you know, to see what they're up to, but also ask them what, where they need help. You know, I was just at a friend's house and a woman who was there, we had, a, it was Thanksgiving and she was an artist doing this project and I could tell she had no one to talk about at dinner, but she ha didn't have anybody to talk about it with in general. And I ended up talking, we ended up talking about her stuff for about an hour and a half, which was great. And just sometimes, like I like talking to artists just about what they're doing and I'll just go, you know, like deep into it. If Even if I'm at it, I always look for the, I did, what is the most interesting conversation as, um, to see what creative people are doing creatively, as opposed to like chit chat. I was never good at chit chat at the at the dinner table. In, in small talk, yeah. Uh, so the um, so you know that's yeah. So I came to it at at, at the age of sixty. You know, of, wow, like that's amazing of doing, of doing something different. And I didn't know I've done photography. It's been the only thing I've done for my whole life, and. So to see if I could, part of it was to see if I could actually do something different, you know. What are you talking about? You're 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 talking about your coaching business, right? Which is yeah. small, you know. It's, it's you know, it's just limited to three or four people at a time. Well, I will I will have to say that Ed is an amazing coach. Um, he is my he is my coach. And, what was your coach? He's well, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you you continue to coach me, um, and mentor me. The uh, I think everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs a coach for sure. And, and you were saying that you you like you like working with creatives. You want to tell us about that, Charlie? Uh, well, I mean, I love uh, working 
in a creative community. And I, I, you know, the only times that I really enjoyed my, my work when I was in advertising was then when I was, uh, when I either forced myself or I was invited to the sittings to figure out creative solutions for, for our clients. Um, and, um, and most recently, the last year, I, I, uh, I've been working on this documentary um, about a, a, uh, a chocolatier guy up in Beacon, New York. Uh, a what, a what, pro- excuse me? Excuse me? What, a, a what guy? A, a, a chocolatier, like a chocolate okay. maker. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, and he, uh, he used to be in the city and moved up to Beacon in, in, uh, during the pandemic and started his, uh, his business there. He's got a little brick and mortar there and doing really, doing really well. And, um, about a year ago, I had this idea that I just wanted to go up because I'm shooting food. I was just going to go up and film some some chocolate pour like porn like with chocolate <laughs> pouring and you know just just like you know uh to add to the portfolio but then as we were there we decided to do an interview with him and by the time we left we realized that this we can this is not going to be just some some drizzle porn of chocolate this is going to be this needs to be something much bigger and now we, we've been working on it for over a year and it's almost done Wow. Uh, uh, and I've been working uh so I'm I'm I I I I turned fifty a few years ago. All the guys that I've been working out, the sound mixer, the uh the, the first AC, I've been directing this, uh the uh the DP. It's it's insane. Like I can't believe they're all the same age. They're all twenty seven or, or twenty eight. Um, I know, right? So you're like it, you're like dad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. But it's um. I'm just baffled by the fact that I managed to pick guys that are the exact same age. I've just you know picked a team that I feel like oh I think you would be great for this or you know I like working with you or whatever, and then. We had this moment where, like, hey, Charlie, how old are you really? And then, like, oh, <laughs> 38, Charlie, 38. <laughs> I'm a little older than, than, uh, than you guys. And I was like, right. who are you? And then they all started, like, oh, I'm 27, I'm 28. It's when it's like, okay, I could be your dad, guys. Uh, but anyway, my point is, it's incredibly inspiring. Uh, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I, t- I, I started taking care of myself physically and, and do more work as an eat better uh so i don't feel old uh, mm. but it really helps hanging out with oh, young but, creative yeah. people that are so inspiring uh and i just love it i think it's it's um it's really added a lot to to my creative development the last year. It, it's amazing, yeah. It's just collaborating with people and not yeah. getting out of the echo chamber, and it, it's yeah. really funny because when Layden and I met, we met at a networking group, and um, it was it was a like corporate whatever. networking group. Yeah, corporate networking <laughs> group. And yeah. uh, one of those. The, <laughs> and I knew, and, and I knew as soon as I heard Layden, and this is what seven uh seven years ago yeah and i said to myself because god if i ever did a podcast i'm gonna do it with this guy yeah you I, know. I yeah i think that i you know one of the things that you know going back to this epiphany thing i'm supposed you know in i'm 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 I'm, a, I'm very good at my craft at being an interior designer He's i'm famous. I'm good at, I'm good at <laughs> i think I, I i think really I, you know, and it would be interesting to talk to you, Charlie, as well, and continue to these conversations because there is a public speaking performative part of myself that is far, is I'm far more attracted to in a lot of ways than, than, than the work, than the work or, or, or adjacent to it, you know, than to the, to the, yeah. the to the current work that I'm doing. It's something that I, that it could only happen when you've when you've practiced it you know whether it was uh getting up and speaking at at the networking group or having occasions to share personal stories um with the with with the black artists and designers guild like it something emerges in again in community that can't 
you know what I mean? That can't happen in your own echo chamber and you're by, by yourself. Right. You know, yeah. and yeah. And young and young people, I will say definitely I teach. It's one of the reasons I returned to teaching this semester. Um, it's, 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 it's amazing to, to see the thought process fresh and new. Um, and also their grasp of technology, to be very honest. You well, know what I it, what I always loved about you, Lade, is that you really want to give back to your community. Yeah, I you do. You know, I mean, he really is. And that and that community can be young creatives equally as it is a black black creative individuals or any any any. And if anybody has a chance, if, yeah. if anybody has a chance, watch. I'm going to plug it right now, Lane. Watch AD 100, the new taste. It's Architectural Digest look at designers. They gave everybody all these little cut up spots. You know, then some of them were in there for two or three minutes. They gave laid like a five minute slot right <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of it. It's arch it's for it's yeah. for the 2023 um AD list. And I happen to be on that list. So I'm very proud of Congrats. that. Thank yeah, you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so so what I love about working with creatives and late is way past anything I've ever done, but stop, stop. The, the thing I love working about with creatives is that when they do something great, you're just like in this little tiny part of their story. Like I had a guy recently who started, who shot Springsteen. He just put himself in the right spot and when he was in Rome and they needed a photographer and he, and he went with the intention of shooting you know Springsteen in Rome and when the other regular photographer had to go home he was right there and he said yeah we're gonna hire you we don't expect much from you but he ended up doing six or seven nights wow and wow. yeah and, yeah it was amazing and uh and that's what happens when you just put yourself in the right you know I always think of luck it's just a lot of preparation you yes. know <laughs> and, and, just, I, and I want, and I also want to say to those people who patron creatives, I want to speak to them right now and say, hire creatives. Don't like really. I think there's a way of nurturing that, yeah. you know. Uh, and you know, and then there are good clients, and there are terrible ones. <laughs> you know, 100%. I mean, you know what thing, I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and I think that it, it's a it's a co collaborative. Like, if you want the best out of us, set it up that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Set it up to to nurture us and to to be a best the best service to your you know because we all provide a service. Yeah, but I mean, speaking of teams, I also think that it's important and and clients and um, I think it's important for clients to understand that they're part of the team. Um, right. And and if uh, if you want this product to be successful and you want to prove to your manager that you 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 manage a good photo shoot or whatever it is you need to see yourself as a part of the team to make sure that we succeed uh there's there's too many situations where you know you're handed a, a poor brief and and then they just expect you to deliver uh you know way over what was expected and and they're not part of of creating that they're just and no like, participation but yeah. a lot of times they don't want yeah, to make it happen it. you have to pull them in sometimes you think yeah, about and, all the and, clients you have that'll just say and that's my point that's my point like they need to see themselves as a team as not and not someone that is just like commissioning a, a job and then expecting us to deliver it like if you really want to be a part of this you need to to to, to be apart from a to see it's just um that's yeah yeah i, Lane, I always Lane, yeah Lane, you're you're real collaborating you're oh yeah you're... i always say that you know i come up with these ideas and some of them are just like completely foreign and independent to whatever the client is asking for they're like drawn from some sort of inspiration and then the client 100 those clients that actually push back on my ideas and say well, this is what I was thinking. They absolutely make the project better. There's but, no question. But your clients put their—they're putting company money out. They're putting their own money out of their own pocket, and they want to collaborate with you like face to face. 
Yes, yes. I mean, I'm in a lot of personal space. I think that is um that that both is like it's inspiring, like creating home. I create a lot of home for people, people to live, dwell, um, raise families, uh, make make love, um, host home, you know, host their friends. Um so I I I I I do I definitely do encourage them to speak and try to find their own creative voices. I think you know that, that I think that business of not um like the non-collaborative client is one that is maybe a little shy or or yeah. does, or feels in you know they equally feel <laughs> intimidated by I think they, they it's 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 all these uh, these uh, these ideas about like oh they do that I don't really need to say anything except for critique it. <laughs> yeah. But we all but I'm sure we all have those those clients also that like shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think uh I think there's there's so many different reasons why why clients and and uh, the creative teams aren't collaborating in the in the in the right way. Uh, it could be intimidation. It could be lack of experience. Uh, yes. uh, and uh, I I also think that um, uh, oh god, I just dropped it. Oh, I had I had a I had a good idea what was going on there. Uh, That's what happened. Oh yes, all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that a lot of these people that we're working with love their jobs. Um, well, you experienced it from your side, Charlie. That's a very good point. That's a real. That's that's like the best point ever made. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and uh, because I also experienced over the ten years being here uh, with with the, with the system that we have in this country, where you you need a job to have health care and you need all that. Um, I've run in too many corporate people over these years in in New York that are like, you know, I'm not loving my job, but the benefits are great and the and the pay is good enough. Like, I'll you know, I'll I'll you know, I'll oh, stay yeah. until something better shows up. And if that's your take on your job, and then oh, we're we're uh, we're launching a new ice cream here, uh, you know. You're just gonna get so much love into that project uh, if if you're not really loving the job you're doing. Uh, so I think uh, it could be so many reasons, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of our clients doesn't really enjoy what they're doing. I, uh, and I agree with you. I think a lot of them, and that's why they took a nine to five job. Though they're out at five, that's why we could do our work though, because. Charlie, actually, you actually could probably speak to, to this better than anybody. What's the difference between nine to five and having your own career? You know, having your own creative career. Um. Oh, uh, what's I don't know. Um, it sometimes it would be really nice to just close the door and say, "Hey." <laughs> I'm turning turn on my out of office messages now, and I'm not responding until I'm back from vacation, and that comes with a, a steady paycheck. But you know, controlling when I want to work, how I want to work, getting on projects that I love, turning down projects that I really don't want to work with, being able to tell a client, "Hey." I don't think we should work together because I don't think I'm going to be able to do that great, great stuff <laughs> for you. It's an amazing feeling. Uh, yeah. If you have the, uh, the fuck off money that you need to be able to do that. Uh, but um, uh, and sorry for the swearing, but it just, it's important to, to have that uh, independence uh, sometimes to be able to, uh, <clears throat> to, to, to be able to truly be in your freelance role when you're a freelancer, because I have had that conversation uh, over the years with with huge clients that I've been working, and I'm not talking about they're necessarily being a big company, but they're a huge client to me, and they almost turn into a full time job working with that client, and all of a sudden I find myself, wait, am I back at what I did? 10 years ago or 15 years ago only that I'm shooting now but I have a client that is telling me exactly what to do when to do it uh when it needs to be delivered here are the money that I'm getting paid for it 
uh, there's no creativity involved in this. You just need to shoot and deliver. And then I'm like, yeah, uh, I am. And this may be fine for now, but I can't work like this long term because that's what not what I signed up for when I decided yeah. to go yeah, into no, it. I, I, I look at it as putting jobs in buckets because not every job is going to be the perfect job. And I said, I need... This many, I, I would like to do this much of my time in like really great stuff. But I know there's going to be these other things that come along. And I actually look at it as a positive thing. Like the ones that are not great and they're not, but they're, there's something about craftsmanship in them, you know, and yeah. and just making someone happy. And, and those are like with renderings. When I shoot renderings, I did every, all the lines have to be straight. They have to be shot at the right time of day. And there's a, I get a certain satisfaction. It's like playing scales as opposed mm-hmm. to just playing jazz. And so as, yeah. as opposed to just playing jazz all the time. So I actually like when I get a few of those jobs that they're just going to be show up, get the, the bread, lines. The bread and butter. The bread and butter. Yeah. Right. I decided when I started, um, I remember this, and I, I promised myself to never forget it. Uh, straight out of school, I decided that um, I have a, a few criteria for every job that I do. They should be well-paid. They should be good for your portfolio. They should be fun to do, uh, or they sh- it should be with great people. Very, very few jobs fill all those criteria. Yeah. If, if if any, uh, it happens, and when they do, it's amazing. But it's rare. Uh, but if a job doesn't fill any of those, then right. I'm turning them down. Uh, right, that's a great. I love that philosophy. That's I think great. that's a really great information, uh, and I like it. I I go with the value. <laughs> Like a, yeah, I mean, like go with hey, the value don't... right away. You know, I think too many creatives are so happy to just be in that space that they don't realize that just not creating value just hurts their life and then makes them resentful and say, "Hey, I want to." Oh, know, and, it, and, and, and it is also um, just for it it it, it, it. it 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 undermines the entire market. Yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, yeah, yeah, no. I, I think it's important that we we're not trying to kid ourselves in the creative community where we're so excited about doing creative work that we undervalue ourselves. We need to get paid for for yes. what for what we do a hundred percent. And I'm I'm an incredible advocate for for um, getting paid uh, for what I do. And I have had a I lot agree. of struggles with clients about this and other creative people. That are like you know, I'm just happy to get the experience. Like, no men, dude, it, it's no. not happening. You no shouldn't way. be working, and I pay my team what they should be paid because I don't want people to work for free. Um, I hear you. I pay assistance, so I do really well with this. But I got to tell you, when when I'm in in my group where I'm working with young creatives who are like 25 to 35, one of the things that I do, I say, you got support here. Raise your prices right now because we'll t- we'll get to yes. talk about that. And one of them just were, you know had raised their price from seven fifty to twelve fifty. You know, instead of inching up, find out what your no is. You know, find out yeah. what the top is. Yeah. Somebody will tell people yeah. think, oh, yeah. that's too much. You'll find out. But if you inch up, you'll never get. You'll never know what that is. Very. True. I had a I had a big job uh, that I did this summer. Um, a huge job. Um, and. I was pitching it. It actually showed up on LinkedIn. Um, very random. A a uh, big financial client that needed a photographer. Uh, they had eleven hundred and fifty people applying, uh, wow. and I managed I managed to score their job. That's um, amazing. <laughs> and it, it sounded so much fun. So I'm like, I really wanted to get this job. Uh, it was portraits, uh, corporate portraits, but it was in five different uh, places around the world. Uh, and I'm like, this is going to be a lot of work. I'm going to make sure that I get paid for this. Uh, so I doubled the uh, the rate that I, nice. the best rate, the best rate that I've ever charged. I doubled that and put in a big bid. And then I just like, 
if I hear back, you know, that would be amazing. Uh, but I'm just going to mentally just put this in a, in a, in the, in the drawer and forget about it. Right. And then three months later, they're like, yeah, uh, we have your stuff. Yeah. Budget is fine. We love, would love, would love to work with you. I'm like, great. Amazing. And, amazing. and my po- point is like, uh, it's, it's like, if they really want to work with you, then the money is not really the main concern. We c- you can always negotiate. You can always get to that mm-hmm. conversation. But if you start b- by telling clients, oh, you should work with me because I'm the cheapest option, then you set yourself up from the beginning where no one is going to be happy. Oh, oh, oh. Absolutely. D- during 2008, during the financial crisis, I actually raised my rates just to make sure I wasn't going to get any work at all, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is what happened. I raised my rates. I think I will, nobody's going to work anyway. So I raised my rates during, in 2009, and everybody said, what are you, crazy? But as people came out of it, they got used to that was the new price, you know, right. and yeah. especially for new clients. So did I, did I lose 80% of my business? Absolutely. But Everybody lost. They were hiring these six hundred dollar photographers. You know, it was like, oh my god, you know. And uh, but the work was shit in general. I hate to say that, but you know, you know, going up was like the smartest thing I ever did. I said, okay, I'm just not going to work for like eight months or a year. You know, you know, it's it's, a, it's about showing people that you respect your own work. Yeah. Um, That's exactly uh, right. It, telling people that I'm good at what I'm doing and this is how much it is to uh to get get good job done by me uh and I can tell people that there are going to be cheaper photographers that than that they can hire and then you know you get what you pay for and yeah, you, get what you, you win some for. you lose some I think that's just that's the way it is yeah absolutely on that, as, on that note let's let's should we want what should we yeah, want down, down. Uh, yeah so uh, it was great interviews. Thank you, Charlie. Um, oh, it was my pleasure. A- any final words you got for us? Uh, wow, I feel like I've been been uh, pouring out all, all my wisdom. Uh, <laughs> the, the That's la- what we want. That's what la- we needed from you, Charlie. That's what we needed. Uh, no, but I I think uh, in in conclusion, I think um, well, what we kind of. Uh, this whole conversation has been about uh, is that um, you know if you if you're passionate about something, then you know, and you're not in a happy place professionally, and you're thinking about making this the switch, regardless whether you're 25 or you're 55 or even 75, just just do it because life is short. And you just need to be happy when you do it. And this all sounds like such a cliche, but I am I'm so grateful every day that I get to do what I love. Uh, and I'm so happy that I, that, that I made that change. And I, uh, I'm available for anyone that wants the support in making that shift because it's 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 an important life decision and it's everyone should do it if they're considering it. Awesome. Uh, and give us your anything we should be looking for. Any shows, new books? Give us uh give us what you're looking what we're looking for here. Oh, um, well, we're around the holidays, so uh, my book is obviously available everywhere. On... <laughs> uh, no, I, I. What's the uh, name of the book? What, What's the name uh, of the book? On pause, three months that changed New York. Um, it's and, Charlie um, Benet, B E N N E B E N N E T. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. It's it's available everywhere. Uh. And my uh my documentary is. Is coming out in in the beginning of the new year about uh, the uh, the chocolate here upstate New York. So yeah, that's that's what's what's on. Do, do, can you can you share that title with us? Uh, the ti- no, it it does have a title. It's the name of the guy. Uh, he's he's uh, he's a Swedish chocolate So his name is Håkan. Hawken. Um I've been thinking about a title for for uh, for this documentary for over a year, and I just I'm I'm not getting further than that. It's going to be it's about him. Uh, so mm. 
we decided to name it name it okay. Hawkan. Uh, okay. uh, we're, we're going to submit it to some uh, some festivals in the next year. Nice. We hope uh, hope that it'll be uh, get some recognition. I'm, I'm, I I I saw the final edit of it. Uh, we're going into grading and uh, and sound next week. Uh, I saw the editing on Friday, and it looks amazing. It's it's a very emotional piece. I'm I'm very. Oh, you let us know. Keep us in your email list. And I will. Be, I will definitely. If it comes out. Maybe you'll come back. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It's it's been an absolute pleasure. Great. Just uh, Layden, give us your uh, stuff. I'm Layden Lewis. I'm at um I'm Layden L E Y D E N L E W I S Studio at um for instagram and ladenlewis.com and i am ed letterman photo e-d-l-e-d-e-r-m-a-n-p-h-o-t-o.com and i have ed letterman coaching.com which is a, just a small group of creators if you're really stuck come on give me a call and we will talk about where you can go from there brilliant and-